Welcome to Episode 2 of The Exam Room. I'm your host, Brian Vardabedian. In this episode, I had the chance to talk to Dr. Kate DeRoche, Executive Director of Open Notes, an innovative project based at the Beth Israel Deaconess Hospital in Boston. Open Notes is an international movement that's making healthcare more transparent by inviting doctors, nurses, and therapists to share their notes with their patients. We had the chance to get into what the project entails and how it's impacting documentation. We even get into a discussion about the purpose of a medical note. Why do we even write notes? And we wrap up with a fascinating discussion about the future of documentation and the eventuality of patients even creating their own notes. Yeah, you heard that right. I think this episode sheds light on the changing face of medicine and shows the emerging role of transparency and patient involvement in healthcare. I hope you enjoy the discussion. For most consumers, the search for a healthcare provider is a frustrating maze of bewildering choices and unanswered questions. And they really want to hear what other patients have to say in order to make a decision with confidence. With Loyal's Empower Solution, you have the tools to do just that. Empower your patients, the patient, and provide a solution. Maximizing star ratings while introducing deeper insights into what patients really are saying about their experience. You could sort, approve, and publish patient reviews of physicians, services, and even practices using some of the intelligent features like auto-approval and syntax highlighting. To learn more, visit them online at loyalhealth.com. Dr. Kate DeRoche, welcome to the exam room. Thanks for being here. Thank you very much. Absolutely. I appreciate your taking the time to, to talk to us and uh, talk about this innovative program that you have uh, running at the Beth Israel Deaconess uh, in Boston. So what's this all about? Patients actually seeing a doctor's notes? What's going on here? Yes. So just as background, patients have had the right to see their doctor's notes since the Health Insurance Portability and Accountability Act was passed in 1996. So that is a very confusing uh, piece of legislation, but the but the easiest piece of that legislation to understand is that it gave patients a legal right to everything in their medical record. So right. that was passed, but no one made it easy for patients to get their records. You have to sign authorizations. You have to go to, sometimes you have to trudge through the basement of the hospital to the medical records room and hand your form in in person. Often you get charged for the record, some number of cents per page. So what Open Notes advocates is sharing, inviting patients to read their notes through online patient portals that most organizations already have. So as a patient, you probably have access to a patient portal where you can log on and send a message to your clinician or look at your test results. And what we advocate for is adding notes to that set of information that's easily accessible to patients. I guess if I hear you correctly, patients have always had access to their medical record, but this program and maybe with the advances of technology, it's a little easier for patients to actually get in and see right. them, right? So the idea is that, um, you know, if you wanted to go get your medical record, it, it could take you six weeks to two months to get it. What we would like to see with open notes is the provider, the, the clinician writes a note 
either during or after the visit. That's how it typically happens. They sign the note, meaning they've reviewed it and they feel like it adequately captures what happened in the visit. And then that note, once it's signed, is available to the patient to read on the portal. So it's there as a reference to the patient to help them remember what they talked about in the visit or remember what the care plan was or why they're supposed to be taking a certain medication in a certain way. Rather than being sort of a hassle that most patients won't ask for their record unless they're transferring to another provider or maybe they, um, maybe they feel that there was a problem with their care making the notes accessible in this way to patients allows them to be used as a tool as part of their care. So this is getting some pretty serious uptake with hospitals around the U.S., I understand. What kind of numbers are we talking about? Our estimate is we think there are about 22 million patients that are signed up on a portal, on an organization's portal, where they could have access to their notes. So this isn't something that requires software that Open Notes develops, right. right? This is more of a it's a movement and more of an awareness. Phenomenon. Right. We are not a software. We don't sell a software package. We're not a um, software vendor. What we do is we work with companies that um, create electronic health records, companies like Epic and Cerner, to get them to include notes as one of the things that patients can access in the portal. So it's an option that an organization has. And then we work with organizations and clinicians to encourage them to turn that function on. So this function for me is built into our Epic system at Texas Children's Hospital, I'm assuming, right? What the portal is, is just a window into the record. So essentially, the notes are there. They're in the record. They're on the server, wherever the organization keeps their information. And with Epic, you click a button and that shade, essentially, that's pulled down over the window of your notes is lifted. And then you can see them. Uh, so just because patients have access to my notes or to any physician's notes, that doesn't necessarily mean that they're actually accessing these. I mean, there are statistics about what patients are actually doing, right? I mean, is there are patients grabbing onto this or is this really more of a, a theory? So it, it varies widely across organizations. Here at the Beth Israel we think about 50% of patients are reading their notes. But we've been doing open notes since 2010 here. So we've had several years to educate patients and clinicians about why the notes are useful and, and why they should be shared and read. At organizations where they're just starting out, they do, I, I, I agree, they have much lower rates of patients reading the notes. But we have to remember that patients often don't really know that clinicians write notes. That's interesting. I was reading reading about that in some of your uh, material on the Open Notes website. And I honestly, as a physician, I had absolutely no idea that patients didn't know that I was writing a note. No, they don't. And they they have access to these after-visit summaries, right? But so sometimes patients think they already have that that's the note. Now, we know that those after-visit summaries are not that useful 
and the notes actually mm-hmm. contain data and information that's much richer for the patient. So, um, so there's there's a basic level of education that patients need, and it has to start with, hey, you know, I'm writing a note. Yeah. That's totally news to me, but uh, it's interesting. A lot of assumptions I make as a provider about what patients understand about what I do or what happens behind the curtain, and this is a great example of that. The big argument is that I that I hear from from providers is that well, a patient's not going to be able to understand anything yeah. I'm writing. I mean, what so would you say? So the first that? thing I would say is never underestimate what any given patient will do. People are capable of amazing things. So that's the first thing I would say. The second thing that I would say, and I don't know if you, if, if you followed this story, but there was a, there was a dust up maybe six months ago in the press where it was a report about a meeting that Joe Biden had with the president of Epic. Yeah, Julie, it was yes. uh, Judy, Judy yes, Faulkner. with Judy Faulkner. And she asked him, she said, well, why do you want your records anyway? And you're not going to be able to understand what's in them. And his response mm-hmm. was, it's none of your damn business what I want it for. And if I don't understand, I will find someone who can help me. And that, I mean, that is Joe Biden. You know, he was the vice president of the United States. So he does have a lot of resources available to him. But we hear that from many, many patients, that they that they understand enough of what's in the note. And what they don't understand, they maybe they have a nurse in the family that they can ask questions of. They Google what's in the notes. They find ways to figure out the stuff that they don't understand. And they generally are very respectful on the whole of providers' time. So, you know, one of the uh, of the subtext, I think, of that my patients won't understand is my patients are going to be calling me a lot to ask me about things that they read in their notes. And that happens very infrequently. Mm-hmm. Right. So I think you get assaulted with with inquiries about words yes. they use yeah. and isn't that. You know, it's interesting, Kate, that we faced this at the dawn of the internet age when patients first had access yes. to information. You, know, you still hear today, uh, patients will come in and say, you know, I shouldn't be on the internet, but I was looking right. at this or that. And the, you know, this concept of, of literacy, we always assume that patients wouldn't have any idea of what represents good information or how to weed through information online. But, you know, after 15 years of this, I can tell you flat out that my parents, you know, I'm a pediatric gastroenterologist, do a remarkably good job at discerning good information from bad information. They're not perfect, but it's kind of the same analogy that, you know, we always thought that patients wouldn't have that capacity, but in fact, they actually do. So this is changing the way doctors compose notes too, right? So if, I guess if we look at these institutions where open notes flourish, like the mm-hmm. Beth Israel Deaconess, doctors are shaping, I guess they're they're rethinking the way they document, well, is that right? I, I'm not sure I would say that. I, one of the things that we always say is you really don't need to change the way you write your notes. Patients mm-hmm. Are first of all, patients are incredibly forgiving of things like typos and that sort of stuff. Um, <laughs> what I do hear from clinicians is if they think about the fact that their patient might be reading the note, they may 
make some small changes in how they're writing things like how they're how they're documenting things like dis, like when the patient and the clinician disagree about the care plan whereas mm-hmm. before they might have written about it one way now they might say we had a discussion about the care plan i recommended this patient thinks this we agreed to continue talking or something like that. So there, so there are small changes that people are making, but for the most part, it's really not, it, it's, that's really not happening in the way that clinicians fear that they will have to change the way they write their notes. I mean, we know notes are used for, uh, notes are used for a number of different purposes at this point. Don't go there yet. Cause okay. I'm going to ask you okay. that question next, but I would just want to say flatly that, I occasionally have patients that come to see me in consultation from deep East Texas. And for a variety of reasons, they want to take their note with them when they leave. And they'll ask me that. And so, I mean, my workflow is that I finish most of my note, except for my impression in the exam Mm -hmm. room. Um, As a, as a quaternary consultant, my impression is really is important. And so I usually put a little bit of time into, into that, but I will tell you when I know that patient is when I'm printing out that epic note and they're taking it with them, they're going to be reading it in the car. I definitely draft it a little differently and not, not in a negative way and not in a way that should frighten doctors, but actually mm-hmm. in a good way because it holds me accountable to what I'm writing. That does, does make, make sense? sense. And one of the things that I, I want to follow up on that point, because one of the things that, that we found in our, in the pilot study is about 10% of physicians between 10 and 20% said, yeah, I am doing, I, I am doing things a little bit differently. And when I present that data to administrators, they say, yep, that's about right. We, that's our proportion of poor documenters. <laughs> and, and they yeah. should be spending a little bit more time or they should be doing things a little bit differently. So I do think that, that as you said, thinking that the patient is going to be reading this can actually improve the quality. Absolutely. When I look at some of my colleagues, not all of them, but some of them, and I look at their notes, and the notes are really not yeah. very good. Yeah. They're horrible. And so the point of my uh, the point of the post was that uh, a patient's access to notes is only as good as the notes yes. themselves. And I think that um, we're going to get to the point of a note in just a second, but um, I think they're. This has got me thinking, the whole Open Notes project has me thinking that there really needs to be a renaissance in the way we're documenting because if me as a physician can't look at one of my colleagues and decipher what the plan was or what they were really thinking and they're doing cut and paste stuff, what the heck is yes. a patient going to understand? Yep. You know what I mean? So that, that kind of leads to this question. This is like a, this is getting really deep and philosophical, <laughs> but what, what is a note for? What, right. What is a note so for? So that's a very good question. And, the, and we do hear providers say, well, the no, that note isn't, f- this note is not for patients. This is for me to communicate mm. with other clinicians. Um, very interesting. But what I would say to that is the note is used for many purposes. It is used as a communication tool. But if you're communicating with another physician, you should be clear in your communications and if you're if you're not clear in, in your if you're not clear enough, then the other clinician's not going to understand what you're what you're trying to say either. But then they're also used for billing, and I think that is where we really get into the crux of why clinicians push back on something like Open Notes. Using 
the note for billing. What we're hearing is using the note for billing makes clinicians feel like they've, they're turning into billing clerks. Uh-huh. And it muddies the story. It first of all makes them resent it. Second of all, muddies the story in the note. So, so layering on, okay, now we also want patients to have access to this information can sometimes lead to sort of a knee-jerk reaction among clinicians. And I think Negative knee jerk. Yeah, a negative, negative right. knee jerk reaction, and I, I think underlying it is the is the documentation burden required by the way we pay for medical services. Hey, everybody! This is Reed Smith, and this is Chris Boyer, and we are co-hosts on a show called Touchpoint, which is a podcast that's dedicated to the discussions on digital marketing and online patient engagement strategies, not only for just hospitals but health systems and physician practices. In every episode, we'll dive deep into a variety of topics on digital tools, solutions, strategies, and other things that are impacting the healthcare industry today. And while you listen to this show, we would certainly love you to check out ours. All you have to do is swing on over to touchpoint.health for more information, and also some of the other shows that are featured on the Touchpoint Media Network. You know, this issue of a note as billing documentation is something that I kind of see with some of my uh, younger colleagues. And they, you know, the 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 compliance people and the billing people absolutely love some of what they're seeing in some of these notes. But in, but like I said, when I when I kind of look at them, I can't tell exactly what the plan was or whatever. And so, you know, I think about Kate when I think about my sequence as a professional. I was uh, went into practice with paper charts in a little office in downtown Houston, and um, I had these cute notes that sat in in Manila folders yeah. on the shelf. And I would scribble, I would literally scribble stuff in the exam room that not even my nurse could read. It was really embarrassing. It's embarrassing to admit this, but but that note, truthfully, when we think about how medical records have evolved, that note was really right. just for me. No one ever saw occasionally a family, you know, a custody thing for kids would they would want the note or occasional malpractice thing. But largely those notes were for me. And I came into medicine believing that a note was for me to sort of cue yeah. myself. Then I, I Texas Children's Hospital we used a, a EHR called Logician or mm-hmm. Centricity, uh, and it was just outpatient. So people could start to see my notes who were also in the clinic. So I started to realize at that point, wow, other people can see my notes. It's now for professionals. Then we got into Epic. Texas Children's started acquiring practices. And now like my note is flowing like in free, almost in real time with a bunch of practices and other specialists. And now we're adding... Well, we're not having open notes, but the point being that this is now like a, a patient, a, a forward-facing thing to, to to patients. And so it's been fascinating to see this sequence of what constitutes a note. I still think it's unsettled mm-hmm. about what a note is really mm-hmm. for. Is it a billing thing? Is it communication? Is it for patients? Um, so I'm just more echoing right. what you said rather than sort of counter. You know, the other piece of what the note is for, which um, comes up in our own institution, and and I have heard it from um, from clinicians in other institutions is, you know, the EHRs are marketed to organizations to help with billing capture. So mm-hmm. they are often in the note, it will say, because of the way that notes are templated, it will say something, and I'm paraphrasing liberally here, but it'll say something like, I saw Mr. X, I did a full physical examination, uh, we talked about five mm. things. 
I gave him counseling and education. So all of that is in the note for the for billing. Patient reads that note and says, I was in that room for five minutes. And this clinician oh boy. didn't this clinician didn't examine me and he just ordered an MRI. So right. this billing capture is now being exposed to patients. And that's I think a big I think that's part of our the reluctance that we see as well. Because I, I have heard that story many yeah. times. No, and it's true. And, uh, you know, I operate off uh, a basic template in Epic, and I adjust the template based upon what I do. But, you know, if I'm not looking carefully at what I actually did in that exam or in that encounter, and I'm seeing 12 patients in an afternoon, you're right, you're going to get this this conflict between what a patient's seeing and what I'm actually documenting. And so, again, this brings it back to the idea that this kind of keeps me accountable yeah. on some level. Um and I think I think it's a good thing. I got a great quote from Dr. Lin from the University of Colorado. Oh, I guess he, yes. he works. He's with a terrific. Them. He's a terrific guy. Well, it, it's. I'll tell you the, the funny. The funny thing. I I first stumbled upon him. Yes. He was playing a ukulele in a, in a in a ballroom somewhere, <laughs> singing about open notes. I'm like, this is a project that's got some real brand yeah. ambassadors. Um, but he said, if we write things that might offend patients, consider how such writing affects our own attitudes mm -hmm. and behavior. Um, and I saw that kind of over and over with a lot of the, the, the stuff on your site that when patients are seeing it, it, it forces us to rethink how we're, how we're thinking about our yes. patients, I mean, right? In the, ideal, in the ideal way that this might work, I think open notes can create almost a backdoor to empathy. Because if, if you're wow. thinking about how a patient might, might perceive what I'm writing, it's making you think about how about that patient's point of view, right? Both in communication right. in the exam room too, because you know the reflex right. how we communicate. That's yeah, this is revolutionary because this this change completely changes the way I see documentation and, and the way I relate to my patients. It it um it, mm -hmm. really amazing. Uh, absolutely, it's amazing. a small change, right? Um, it's a it's an e it's not a tough technological change, and in fact it it really doesn't create a change in workflow or, you know, you're documenting anyway. So it's not like you're required to, you know, fill out a lot of new forms or do, or hire a social worker or, or redesign your practice. It's just a small change, but it's complicated the the effects and it can have much broader effects than, than such a small, than you would think such a small change could have. So are we, are we going to get rid of the after-visit summary oh, God, then? I is, hope that, so. is that where this is headed? I mean, you don't like the after-visit summary. I don't apparently. love the after-visit summary, mostly because it's temp it's templated information and it I don't think it provides the kind of um, context that a patient needs. So we know patients remember all of us. We know all of us when we're in the when we're a patient, we remember about half of what was said in an office visit. And mm -hmm. a lot of what we think we remember is actually wrong. I don't think the after visit summary helps to correct that problem, the way that notes, when you see in a note that the clinician says something like, uh, for example, Liz Salmi talks about her, uh, her husband who was having a problem with one of his wrists. And he went to the he went to the doctor and, and he was explaining to the doctor that I get really hurt 
to do things like open a package of Ritz crackers. And then he saw that in the note that the clinician wrote, hurts when doing things like opening Ritz crackers. Those, that kind of reflection of the visit and reflection of the conversation, I think is much more useful for helping patients remember what they're supposed to be doing and remember what their care plan is and creating a trusting relationship between the patient and the clinician. So are there any major success stories? I mean, obviously on a one-to-one basis, patient-to-patient basis, people are educated and uh, take with them things from the exam that they didn't get from the after-visit summary, which I'll argue is probably a design issue Mm -hmm. more than anything else. But are there any other major success stories or is it, is it really just individual? What we don't have is information that says if you open your notes to patients and they read them, their blood pressure will be in better control. We, we, we don't have that. Mm-hmm. What we do know is in a couple of areas where I think administrators could be quite interested is, one, patients find mistakes in their notes, which they have corrected. So it's, it, it yes. has serious safety benefits for patients. So that's one area where we we see where we see I think you could you could in fact quantify what that benefit is. We know that patients report greater levels of engagement and trust in their clinicians when they read their notes. So and we know that trust and engagement have downstream effects on outcomes. Um, Absolutely. So what, where, we, where we have been focused is what I think of them as kind of proximal and distal outcomes. So the proximal outcomes are things like I trust my provider, I understand my care plan, I'm doing a better job taking my medications. That's a big one. We have 15% in our new survey, which is almost 30,000 patients, 15% of them say they're taking their medications as prescribed as a result of reading their notes. So that has quantifiable benefits. Um, What we don't have are those. So we need to make a leap to those distal benefits, and we and that's a that's a very hard problem to solve because open notes is is a communication enhancer essentially. There's so many other factors that might affect a patient's um, blood sugar or or uptake of a vaccine or blood pressure control, that, that making a direct link between I read my note and these hard clinical outcomes changed, that we're, we're quite a ways from that. Um, and the, tr- and the, <laughs> the really tricky thing about it is when places turn on open notes, then it's very hard to find an adequate control group. So those kinds of studies because everybody because everybody's right. looking at them. You mean so those because there's all kinds of I mean this is this is kind of data wonky, but there's all kinds of data contamination issues. Once you off once you open the notes to patients, you'd have to open it to only one group randomly assign one group to have notes and one group to not have notes. And when places roll this out, they tend to do it because they think it will help all their patients, so they don't want to. They don't, they don't want to do this random controlled trial type of um, experiment, which is the kind that you would need to be able to say something about blood sugar or um, hypertension. Yeah, it seems like those distal uh, effects would be very, very difficult to yes. measure, right? 
mean, even even with the even with a controlled right. group right. like you described. One of the things that we found is that opening notes drives traffic to the portal, and most. EHR vendors will tell you that if you get patients actively using the portal, it's a, it's much uh, easier and more efficient for you to manage them because they can do a lot of things through the portal. So it cuts down on phone calls um, and they tend to be you know more engaged so and and stickier with you. They tend to want to stay with you if they can get at everything they need through the portal. So it has those kinds of um, patient kind of satisfaction and and willingness to stay with the organization or with the provider has those benefits as well. And I can tell you as a provider, having my patients enrolled in my chart, which is the epic uh, epic tool. Um, really is a game changer yeah. for me. Uh, I deal with young young millennial mothers. It, what's so funny is some of them would rather have that kind of uh, text oh, connection yeah. with me rather than in, in person, which is kind of yeah, funny. We're, gonna uh, have to, we're uh, going to have to change to accommodate this new group of people who they want to do everything remotely. I mean, they do all their banking on their phone. So why should they have to call you on the phone? I mean, they do all their banking on their mobile phones, you know, through apps. So why should they actually have to speak to a human? Um, <laughs> right. So Clay Shirky, who's a, a professor at NYU and writes on technology, said that his, he's noticing his kids when a human gets involved, that means something's right. wrong. So, so t- talking about the future and talking about these young doctors, obviously, this is something that's really just starting to take hold. Are, are we doing anything to prepare this next generation for the f- you know the future of open access? Because I think we got a bunch of middle aged doctors yes. training these training this this, this future. Are they just going to figure out on their own? Yeah, I mean that's a really tricky, good question. We're just starting some pilots here at, at the BI where we're asking patients to comment on the notes that residents write. And then mm-hmm. feeding that information back to the preceptors so that it becomes part of the residence evaluation. Um, yes. I don't know of any other places that are doing anything like that yet. I think that because this is a relatively new concept, it definitely hasn't made it into the med school curriculum yet. So what's next for documentation, Kate? Are we are we ever looking at the point where patients will create their so own notes? That's that, a very good uh, question. We are actually piloting um, with CT Lynn in Colorado and the University of Washington, Seattle, and here at the BI and at Dartmouth, we're piloting something we call our notes. And this pilot project will invite patients um, to participate in co-generating their notes. So how it would how it will work is before an appointment, a couple maybe ten days a week before an appointment, a patient will receive an email that says, you know, you have this upcoming appointment. Here's a link, or you know, you go to the portal and read your last note, and then please fill out this form. And the form. Is it, it, we're not calling it a form, but that's essentially what it is. Um, we'll ask them to write about what happened to them since their last visit. So, what was their course over the over the time between the last visit and now? Uh, what their mm-hmm. three top agenda items are for the upcoming visit, and then um, whether they need medications, uh, whether they need prescriptions renewed. That information 
eventually, we haven't worked out all the technology bugs yet, but we're working with Epic on this. Eventually, that information will just pre-populate the note so that when the clinician's in the room with the patient, they open it up, they can go, they can review that with the patient, but not have to do that work themselves, not have to do all that writing themselves. They can just review it with the patient and then they would write the rest of the note, but the patient would generate that first subjective piece. So of the SOAP note, the patient, the subjective objective assessment and plan, the patient would take the first draft of the subjective portion of the note. Wow. So we're seeing the medical record evolve from this old historical document that used to sit on a shelf to something that's dynamic involving patient interaction and patient creation. It's uh, I've always suggested this is one of the most interesting times to be in medicine, and and uh, you guys are right on the cutting edge of this uh, with 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 open notes. So, if someone listening, a hospital listening in the Midwest, wants to get on board with this, what do they what do they do? Is there someone they can reach out to, or yep. where would so they the start? So, the first thing they should do is go to opennotes.org, and on that on our website we have all kinds of resources for organizations we have implementation toolkits we have contact information for um for our team that does our dissemination work so they actually go out to organizations to um They'll get, you know, they'll go out and talk to all your board trustees, or they'll talk to all your department heads in a meeting, um, and kind of help troubleshoot or answer questions. And we have uh, materials that can be customized for your organization, for patients, for providers. Um, we have, you know, examples of portal messages you might use. So they should come to OpenNotes.org as their first stop. I want to just um, be 100% clear for anyone who's listening. This is We are philanthropically funded, so we just provide these materials on our website free of charge. If you want to use the Open Notes logo, just let us know. Um, we don't, we're, you know, we're not, we're not trying to make a profit on this. So everything that we do is offered free of charge to organizations. That's fantastic. As I was going to say, my my hidden agenda here is that uh, I want to send this podcast along to our administrators so that we can get into uh, get oh, into open notes. Doctor Kate DeRoche from Open Notes, I really appreciate you being in here with uh, with me in the exam room. This has been so enlightening and so exciting. And uh, keep Thank up you. the good work. This show is made possible in part by the Social Health Institute. Through research and partnerships with healthcare organizations around the country, the Social Health Institute explores new and innovative ways for hospitals and healthcare organizations to develop and enhance their social media and digital marketing strategy. To learn more about the Social Health Institute, visit them online at socialhealthinstitute.com. That's socialhealthinstitute.com. Thank you for joining us in the exam room. If you like what you heard here, please rate the program, review us, or let folks know about us. And if you have any really cool ideas that you'd like discussed here, please feel free to let us know. This has been a Touchpoint Media production. To learn more about this show and others like it, please visit us online at touchpoint.health.